Wait a moment. I can hear them now. Hi, friend. Come on in. Sit down. Have some tea. We're going to get right into this. Article 13, Chasing Trouble. Let the chase scene begin. Chasing! Let's go! I love chasing. Damn it. This is a risk, guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Dice. Yes, 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 yes. So, how are you going to chase down this person? What approach? What skill and trait will you be using? So, where is he running off to? He is running through the market into the jungle. Interesting. Okay. Could I apply finesse to some parkour-esque movements? Dodging and weaving through people. I'm doing that thing where you're running in such a way that you're you're using your full legs to absorb the shock. So you're not like bouncing up and down. You're just sort of gliding right through and just sort of dodging and weaving. And then athletics, obviously, like full sprint. How um how open is the jungle? Jungle is very dense. Because I want to say, like, once we once we start getting into the jungle, I'm going to start using branches and, like, fallen trees to propel myself forward. Absolutely finesse in athletics. Cool. I wanted to, like, Tarzan my way, like, swinging through vines and shit, but... If you want to swing through vines, be my fucking guest. So sea legs is for when you're on the sea, but I would argue that I think it would probably help Jesse in his maneuverability while he's quote-unquote topside while he's up in the trees, right? Ooh, you drive a hard bargain, sir. (laughs) You know what? I'll take it. I'll accept it. This is definitely something that Roz would have taught you. Because you're not a captain that just sits by and does nothing. You're a captain that actually does shit. Does work. So, that is going to be finesse in athletics as well. Hell yeah. I'm absolutely fine with both of you using that. Cool. All right. So I've got six so far. I have three for finesse and two for athletics. Take your two for flair. Love it. Are you giving me one for sea legs? Yeah. No? Okay. Because it specifically states that it's wild on the sea. It's the same skill that you would use, like Zoe said, as if you were swinging from the ropes while on the ship. It's similar because it's tightrope walking and maneuvering while higher up. And because I think it's cool. Definitely applies. I don't see why it wouldn't. I know it specifically says on the sea. However, I'm running the game. I get to bet the rules a little bit. So (laughs) what are your pools at right now? Uh, I got eight. Eight in your pool. Cool. What do you got, Bevan? I do have eight, but I'm curious about Black Flag. When you meet a pirate NPC in a nonviolent encounter, you can spend a raise or hero point. If you do so, the NPC treats you with respect and treats you as a comrade until a given reason not to. Sure. They're not trying to talk to you right now. They're not trying to interact with you at all. <laughs> They're actually trying to book it, Smokey. Right. Okay. I have an idea. I'm going to hold off on that idea for now. My idea isn't anything that would give me more raises. It's just something to do with the particular situation. I'm thinking of using Vanish to try and, like, catch this dude off guard. Zoe. Hmm? Can I? Is it possible? Jesse calls him out on stealing a lantern. That he's a fugitive currently. Will that trip my vengeful virtue? For the next risk, when you determine raises, every die is a raise when you call someone out. Poetic justice, fallen a deed, etc. I'm not quite sure it applies. If I can call this guy out, I will have eight raises. 
automatically. I won't have to roll. Oh, that's something. That would be pretty jazzy. It would be pretty jazzy. There would be some jazz. Hot jazz in your face. You like jazz? Activate your virtue when you enact poetic justice, make someone pay his due, or force someone to follow through on a bargain, is what the exact wording says. When you catch him, if there's another risk, then yes. Okay. Good to keep in mind, and good thinking. In the event that we potentially get into combat. So, these are the consequences for this risk. It is going to be five raises to catch this guy. It is going to be three raises to prevent vendor stalls as you're running through the marketplace from being destroyed or ruined. Mm, can't have that. Can't have that. And it's going to be two raises to not anger the Makara as you're running through the jungle. Are the Makara in the jungle too? I describe the jungle as being swampy. Oh. And if you guys would like to spend a hero point to help each other and give each other three extra dice... Simply explain to me how you're doing so. I'm going to hold on to mine. I am also going to hold on to mine. Then I believe we can roll the bones. Let's roll the bones. Bone rolling. Ooh, interesting. What are you sitting at, Ev? I have four. No extras. Because I rolled a ten, an eight, and a five, an eight, and a five, a nine, and a one, and then I have an eight. I rolled an eight and a five. I rolled an 8 and a 5, a 3 and a 7, a 5 and a 5, and a 4 and 9. Nice. We each have 4. I have one left over. I will buy that. And I'll take the hero point. Do you have any left over, Jesse? I do not. The way how I want this to work, I know that there's numbers and, like, set shit. I don't want you to spend a raise and then describe you doing a thing. I want you to describe doing a thing, and then we allocate raises based off of that. Okay. So, a masculine person who has the lantern has it tucked underneath his arm and is darting through people. And by darting, I mean mostly just pushing through and knocking some people over. They're headed straight for one of the more solid stalls and they dive over and backwards and dart through their stalls, knocking shit over to stop whoever is pursuing them. I got ideas. So people that are being knocked over, one guy, as he's falling down, I'm going to pull him up and then use the momentum of pulling him up to spin myself around and then propel me forward even faster. Heck yeah. I think that's that's a couple of raises towards preventing him from getting away because you're not losing any momentum. Cool. Let's do two raises. Love it. Jesse. This guy's bolting through crowds and Wayland's helping people up. Are the stalls all tents or are they like little buildings? Some of them are tents. The Rahuri ones are little buildings. They're more permanent. Jesse is actually going to vault himself on top of some of the sturdy stalls. And I imagine that there are some of the jungle vines that are hanging down above them. And he's going to grab onto one and try to hold himself up. He's going to stumble a little bit. He'll manage to make it over one and he's going to grab another one and he's going to get a little more comfortable. Like Spider-Man first learning how to web sling between hopping over stalls and grabbing vines. He's going to kind of get a rhythm into catching up with them. Love it. And after you get the first initial, oh God, this is a little weird. You start to get into a rhythm and you can see a pattern. Luciana is darting ahead of you to guide your way towards stable vines. So that you don't grab one that's like accidentally a snake. (laughs) Love that. 
Where did you want to allocate your raises, Jesse? Three raises. Chasing him down, making sure he's not getting away. Hell yeah. Love it. All right. So you're going to prevent him from getting away. Wayland, Jesse is up top. And you realize that they have kind of shoved a patron into one of the stalls, knocking not only them over, but one of the tents over. And you can see the tarp about to fall over. And there's a bunch of stuff that's in the way that's about to fall on top of that patron. It's going to be real bad news. Is the stall falling away from me? Yeah. Cool. I would say as you're running by, hook onto it and like swing around it. Use the centrifugal force to right it back up. And then pull the tent taut. Yeah. I am going to use the staff to hook the top of it and pull and then bring the staff down and keep propelling myself forward. Sort of like a pole vaulter. Awesome. So that's definitely uh, preventing vendor stalls from being ruined. Yes. Can I spend one race to do that? If you wish. The tarp becomes taunt and actually catches some of the falling crates to prevent it from harming the people there. And there's some angry voices. Holidays! <laughs> and you're heading into more of the denser jungle now. Jesse, from up top, you can see that there are channels big enough for Makara to walk through. And there is a herd of Makara in the way of this thief. You can see them darting through and jumping and making sure that they step on stable ground. And there are little baby Makaras. Little babies. And they're about to head right through the herd. The cogs are turning, everybody. I can hear them clanking together. Are there any coconut trees? Yes. Hell, there's a chandelier hanging up nearby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick Rothmas, calm down. <laughs> As he's going by, what's this doing here? <laughs> At the apex of one of the swings is a coconut tree. And as he's swinging, he's going to snag one, switch hands to another fine, toss it up, grab it with his other hand, and toss it at the buccaneer. It is not technically finesse and athletics. That is finesse and aim. I will have to charge you an extra raise. I only have one, so I can't do that. Hmm. Oh, can I make a suggestion? Mm -hmm. You're not really aiming at anything. You could take the coconut, throw it into the swamp to create a splash to encourage the Makara to disperse and get out of the way. Oh, yep. To get them to scatter as opposed to just hitting him. Technically, that's not aim. You're not trying to be precise about it. It's not angering Makara at us. It's at him because it looks like he's the one that did this. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah, he's he's going to lob it so long as it gets into the water. I'll spend a risk for that. I like it. So you chuck the coconut and it makes a huge splash in the water near the Makara. And the babies are extremely startled. Oh my goodness. Sorry, babies. This is better than being run over. They jump and burrow their heads in the water, and you can see their little tails flapping around. The big male Makara is looking around at what made the noise and sees the thief, damps their hooves and snorts as soon as the thief comes near them and charges out of the water, knocks them on their ass, hits them with the horns. So now the thief is on the ground and stomps a couple of times and turns around and slaps their tail. And then the rest of the car run off and they're gone. We see the camera on the ground. He's scrambling, grabbed the lantern because it fell when he got hit. Where is it? Where is it? 
the camera pans out to see it, and he goes to put his hand on it. I'll go in with my staff, hook the ring of the lantern to chuck it upwards, and then bring the butt of the staff right against his back while I'm kneeling on top of him. As the lantern flies up in the air. He finds himself at the apex of that swing, lets go, and lands on a branch and deadies himself. Jesse grabs it before taking his hat off and going in for a bow, bringing his hat back to his head with a lantern in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Wayland just looks up, smiling at him, shaking his head. (laughs) Always with the flair. He takes one of the vines and scrambles down a little bit. Did you have one raise left over, Wayland? I did. There's still some angry Makara here. You can see very close to your vicinity, that big giant Makara is like, do you want to go? Let's go. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. All right, how am I going to do this? It is the size of a mountain goat. It's big, but you can make yourself look bigger. While I'm still on the guy, I'll start spinning my staff around in the air. It looks with its square eyes. Goat eyes. I like goat eyes. I think they're cute. (laughs) I'll spend the rays and then dig it into the swamp and just kick up a whole bunch of moss and peat and mud. Oh, yeah. Like a big dominant display. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Makara's having none of that. Cool. Fuck this shit, I'm out. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. So you got the man on the ground. Well, that wasn't very nice of you. I paid for that. Hey, dumb bastard. Stealing things that don't belong to you. What the hell was that about? I'm spending a danger point. Yep. The guy's laughing. <laughs> Ah, boy, you guys are gullible as shit. Sorry? Wayland, you hear a voice behind you. Well, now, when I asked you to bring me the goods, I wasn't expecting an entire treasury's worth. (laughs) Wayland slowly turns his head, still on the guy. You see a woman in a raggedy coat with half-cropped really shorn hair, scars all over, holding a cutlass out, and a group of people behind her, one of which including the pirate with the parrot. I was rather sure that storm would have torn your ship apart, but here we are, together again. (laughs) What brings you here, Maeve? Take it was the gate... It did make it a lot easier for me to travel now that a gate is open. Jesse looks to Wayland and back to them. I should have known. Why? Why what? Be more specific. Why keep following me? Come now. You think I'm following you? (laughs) You're cute. But not that cute. Now, be a good boy and get off of Jeff. Jeff? Get off of my crewmate. I don't know. He seems to be enjoying the mud. Exfoliates the skin. You hear several clicks of guns. Remind me again how many bullets you can take before you die? Wayland. Let him go. Wayland gets off of Jeff. Jeff gets up and smears the mud out of his beard and looks over at Jesse. I see Jeff was a little clumsy getting my goods, but it's fine. Hand it over, Captain. Now, why would I do that? Because I can just as easily take it off your corpse. 
I'm giving you a choice. What's it to you? It doesn't matter. Why, sure it does. It is property of this man here. An exchange of coin. Oh. Well, then, in that case... She takes out a wad of money, chucks it at you. That should cover the fee, and a little extra, because I'm feeling generous. We never asked for your money, but thank you. Patrick. Yeah. Do you trust me? I do. Fuck yeah. Wieland. He hands you the lantern. Give him that coins back. I'll toss it. Someone else catches it. He leans closer to Wayland and whispers so that only Wayland can hear him. Hold on. And in that moment behind his back, he snaps his fingers. I'm going to spend a hero point. And there is a thunderclap incredibly loud and close from behind that group. And Jesse grabs Wayland by the waist, grabs a vine, another hero point for second story work. And they are out of here. Holy shit. Second story work, where are you going? You need a destination. Are you going to the ruins? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. He's going to start going until he's a little ways out and then change direction to kind of throw them off a bit. A little bit of a ways away. They're going to stop up on a branch higher up. Jesse, what the fuck? I don't know. She's not following me. She wants the lantern. Look, the part of the poem that I told them about stating your desires wasn't true. It's if you carry our fire. I don't know how they figured it out, but, well, now I do. It's clearly Maeve. It's the fairy fire. Yes. Ah, oh, fuck, I was right. I don't know how the lantern works. I'm holding up two imaginary hero points. Do you trust me as a GM? Yes, implicitly. Absolutely. Take these hero points. Oh, no. Wayland, do you have the lantern right now? I do. You feel it all of a sudden. The weight is gone. I have two danger points. Still? No. Wait, but that's not okay. I start with two because there's two players and Wayland had a leftover. I spent a danger point already. I have two left. I am spending two. And behind you, you see the lantern floating on a branch. And then you see a smile appear. And then two eyes. And then Audra sitting on a branch holding the lantern on one finger. (laughs) What do you want, Maeve? I'm sure you can see with your eagle eyes that I've already got what I want. I mean, what do you want with that? You never were of sharp mind. It's a good thing your eyes make up for it. (laughs) You become... Speak up, darling. Go on. What have I become? She puts the lantern down on the branch. Tell me truly, because I want to hear you say that I've become mad. No, I was thinking more along the lines. You're trying to come up with a word. She starts to get really agitated and stands up, snatching the lantern. What's the matter, boy? Cheshire Cat got your tongue? (laughs) It's because of you, you know, that I've become this. As Audra begins to talk, black, what appears to be liquid smoke, pours from the very corners of her smile and proceeds to take up her entire face, covering it, leaving a wide, maniac grin and blotting out her eyes in a circle of unholy white light. You 
took my heart from me. I will never forgive you. I will never stop hunting you. And I will get back. She takes a deep breath through her mouth, and just as quickly as it appeared, the image of that creature is gone. But for now, I'll settle for this. Holy shit. And she starts to vanish from her feet to her legs to her torso. Ta-ta. Jesse's going to pull his pistol, spin it and take a shot at her as she's vanishing. Sure. Where do you aim? Aim at one of her arms. The shot clips right as her arm is disappearing. And we see this splurt of, I'm not going to call it blood because it's not that color. And she looks down at it and smiles that wicked smile. You're going to have to try harder than that. The lantern disappears. The eyes disappear. The smile disappears. And she's gone. Oh, I've got goosies, bro. I got fucking goosies. The blood that splatters from her arm struck the tree. It's sizzling, smoking. You realize in holsters. What do you know about this, Wayland? Anything? Wayland, you know that fey blood is toxic to this realm. You remember that Audra bled red human blood. Yes, but no. She was always half fey, but remember how I told you about unseelie magic? Mm-hmm. That was that. That's not what she was before. There's a wind that hits the back of Jesse's neck. The hairs stand up, and he turns to look back towards the market. I don't like this. I hate it. And he grabs one of the vines. Come on now, Master Greywell. Let's go. Aye. Let's go. Starts swinging off towards the direction of the center to the ruins. You guys head to the ruins. There is an expedition camp, almost as if like Indiana Jones kind of deal. There are many people here, probably a good handful, maybe 15 to 20 that you can see either excavating the ruins or dusting off one of the stones or chatting with a couple of other explorers. And they look to be explorer types. They don't look to be like the brutish buccaneers that you dealt with. They look to be scholars, archaeologists, the group of buccaneers and Maeve leading the way with the lantern lit with fairy fire inside of it. They get taken from whatever they're doing or whatever job they're in the middle of, they get shoved down and brought into one of the big tents. Mad Maeve is waving her cutlass around, directing these people. And the buccaneer with the comes up next to her. They speak closely to each other. She laughs, holds the lantern out for him, and gestures in a very exaggerated bow towards the big open door of the ruins. And they head down. Well, we found our destination. I have to end this. Hey, he puts his hand on Wayland's shoulder. Hey, focus. One thing at a time, right? Right, right. Let's figure this out. Hi. The camera goes past Wayland and Jesse, past the explorers who are being harried by two brutish-looking buccaneers, past Maeve and this pirate buccaneer with the parrot heading down into the sunken ruins. We can hear all sorts of water sounds, cavernous almost, and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And we hear this breathing, and then the camera goes black as it dives into some moss. 
Now, this is going to be a dramatic sequence. Oh, no. So, I did make mention that there is water in these ruins, that there was some kind of breathing happening as the camera was panning into it, and that there are Makara around, and that you're in essentially a jungle. So we can safely assume that this is a sunken ruin, or half-sunken. There's definitely water involved. And I am setting this up as a dramatic sequence so that you guys can declare certain things. I'm going to pull from Indiana Jones, because that is pretty much the root of this. You guys need to tell me your approaches. Start by telling me narratively how your characters are approaching the situation, and then mechanically we will apply the appropriate trait and skill. Alright, so he's going to use Vanish, and he's going to try and figure out a way to get both he and Jesse into the ruins. So what I would love for you to break away from is the tunnel vision that you have yourself in right now. That's not a bad thing. This is an entire dramatic sequence. So this is not just you entering the temple. This is you inside the temple. This is you dealing with shit in the inner sanctum of the temple. And this is you getting out of the temple. I want your entire approach to be that. So if you're going to be sneaky, you're going to be sneaky the whole way. Because if you're not sneaky the whole way, I have to charge you extra raises for going against your approach. So what is Wayland's goal going into this? Is it tracking down Mad Maeve and stopping her? Yeah, Wayland's goal is stopping whatever plan that they have. Because this isn't just about me anymore. This is about the heart. This is about the Fae, the Shade. This is about everything that's been happening with Jesse as well. Because... All of these roads seem to be leading us here. Whatever they're planning can't be good for anyone. This is no longer about Wayland's personal goals. This is about the greater good. Okay. So base your approach off of that, because that's how Wayland is going into this. Is it technically theft if you steal the lantern back? Technically. Yes. There are a lot of other things in there. There are a lot of variables going on right now. There's not a whole lot we know about it. Why didn't we ask about the ruin before we went? We did. We asked Kieran. And Kieran was like, yeah, there's ruins at the center of the island. Nobody really knows a whole lot about them. They're pretty ruined. Yeah, exactly. I did make mention there is apparently an explorer society here doing work. So they definitely have information on it. But right now they're being arrested. They don't have weapons, do they? They have tools. They don't have guns. I mean, hey, it might not be a bad idea to get some information from them before we go down there. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? So Jesse has more selfish goals in mind currently, mainly being Bad Maeve and that crew are trying to find whatever's at the heart of this ruin. Jesse thinks it's what is divine, which is what he needs to help find his mother. Jesse also feels a little bit of pull from Jonah in a way, not directly, but more of a personal intuition than a force. I think that the smartest way to navigate these ruins, at least for me, is finesse and athletics. That just makes sense. There is reaction to what's going on, and then there's going into it knowing what's going on. And then there's just fucking enduring it. So that is Jesse's approach. I'm going in with resolve and hide because... Jesse doesn't know what's going on in there, and it there could be some pretty crazy stuff, and 
probably pretty dark, so he's going to want to just bear the brunt and be a little sneaky about it. Yeah, you're taking a more cautious approach. Very dark, spooky, and dank. That's all he knows. Yup. Also, crazy woman and buccaneers with guns. Yep, and this big old bird that's real angry. I'm going to make an argument for resolve and notice because we'll get as much information as we can, if we can, from the scholars that have been rounded up. But that's not something that we are incredibly well versed in. We are going to have to be relying on our eyes and our instincts to be able to get through this, no matter how much information that we gather. So we are going to have to keep everything on point. You especially are like, if I'm going to see something, I'm going to be seeing it first because I got fucking eagle eyes and I'm going to make sure we don't fucking fall into a fire trap or some bullshit. (laughs) Right. That hide also goes into place with the Heart of Matters. He's hiding the Heart of Matters. All right. Take two for flair. For game terms and mechanics, the Heart of Matters is a Seernith artifact. Wow. Okay. Oh, no. So gather your dice for your stuff. Remember to take your two for flair. Check out any advantages that grant you extra bonusy dice. Activate any quirks you might have. Oof, I'm struggling on dice today, friends. You guys have two hero points each. I have three written down. Great. Jesse, take an extra hero point. You're both starting with three. Oh no. Okay. Oh, thanks. Oh, oh, oh no. no. I don't like how no. devilish that. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. Fun fact I'm still starting the session with two danger points. Sick. I think I've got my dice gathered. I don't have anything else that would get me more raises. What about more hero points? Because you've got quirks and backgrounds and stuff like that. Now would be the time to activate those things. Here's a question. Here's an answer. Earn a hero point when you seek to preserve a natural wonder and doing so gets you in trouble. This ruin is a natural wonder. Hi, yes, I will take that. And doing so gets you in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. (laughs) Earn a hero point when you set your eyes upon a sight few, if any, have ever seen before. Have many people seen the inside? Not many people have seen the inside, but also no one as far as you're aware, has seen the Triskelion circle that Shade used to take their people away. That's true. So I will give that to you now since I didn't give it to you last time. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evan. Patrick. We have four hero points each right now. Do we want to trade hero points to give each other extra dice? Sure. I have a feeling that we're going to need these hero points, but yeah. I mean, I only have five dice to roll. Really? Yeah, I have two for resolve and one for hide. That's three. And then two for flare. Okay. You can also spend hero points to grant yourself one extra die. I'm going to spend one of my hero points to give Evan three. How are you helping? Remember that when you do this, it does not have to be in the moment. All right. Part of Evan's hide aspect is the heart of matters. I think at this point, both of us are very aware of how important that is and how key it is to keep that hidden at all costs. So I think that if anything comes into play, that there is a quick trade-off can happen. Or reminding Jesse of a secret pocket that he has in his coat or something like that. I'm into a secret pocket. You've got secret pockets. I got secret pockets. Sounds delightful. I love it. Give Jesse three extra dice. 
Jesse, how are you helping Wayland in this situation? Are you helping Wayland in this situation? Are you helping Wayland in this situation? I should think of the way to word this. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <clears throat> Get railed. <laughs> this is something that is beneficial for both Wayland and himself. The last time Jesse and Wayland encountered some sunken ruins, Jesse chickened out and turned around and went back to the ship because something about it wasn't tickling his fancy. He's probably got some fears of the dark, enclosed, spooky spaces. So I want to see that moment of our fearless, calm captain having a moment of doubt. This is a flashback. Yes, a flashback sequence. Give me 10 minutes of this sweet bullshit. Uh, yeah, come in. Hi. You feeling all right? Yeah, you know, I'm fine. Thanks. You all right? Yeah, yeah, that was, um... Uh, stomach problems. Right. Look, I was going to come in here and say that Kazette's not exactly happy that we left behind a whole potential ruin of treasure, but you seem to have something else going on on your mind, and I'm not exactly buying the stomach problems, but... You've gone into situations hairier than that with a queasier stomach. Jesse nods, puts his head in his hands. What's going on? <sighs> he reaches over to a bottle of rum, pops a cork, pours himself a glass, and pours Wayland a glass as well. <clears throat> Wayland takes the glass and chuckles to himself. Now I know it's not the same problems. Talk to me, Captain. You know, it's funny being out in the open sea all the time. You know what's going to be in front of you. You have a map, you have your helm, you have your crew, you have your ship, you have the water. We know hardly anything about it. Still, it's a sea, a sea of monsters. He had to be in his home to who knows what kind of size and sits up and leans back into his chair and takes another swig in the glass. Sense a bot coming. You think that after all this time, I'd be more comfortable on solid ground where I know things are stable in a way. There's just something so much more freeing about the water, at least on the surface. Puts his head back in his hands. Those caves, we don't know what's out there. I think I understand where you're coming from. Out on the sea, even though there's so much that's an enigma beneath the waves, there's still no borders, no barriers. Everything's still open. We don't know what's out there, but that doesn't just mean monsters, that means possibilities. Especially for you, freedom. It means a lot to you. Yeah. I get it. That being said, stone is stone. Very breakable. So is wood. So are all material things. But why is it that I'm not afraid of the water? I don't fear the unknown of the depths. Is it the oldness that bothers you? Is it something about a structure like that that has stood so long and against the test of time? Caves like that have been around for who knows how long. They are shaped by the waters, and yet they still stand. Water has been around for as long as any of us have ever known, yet the difference is the waves and the tides come and go and they change, and it's always moving. It's never the same water you swim through. It's always fresh. Salty, <laughs> but fresh, nonetheless. Very true, but it's still new. It's still exciting. As frightening as it is to be enclosed in those spaces, what's the difference between being below the ruins there and below the decks of a ship you don't know? Not much, to be honest. 
I'm more comfortable on wood in seat. The shifting of boards under your feet. Can I say something a bit out of turn? Depends on what it is. Go on, I gave you a drink. <laughs> what do you want most in the world, Captain? What do you want to be? Jesse leans back and stares up at the ceiling of his quarters. And he crosses his ankles. Just looks up. I want to be free and explore. And see as much as I can. And appreciate the world. For the freedoms it's given me. I just want to be free. Waylon's gonna finish his drink. There's a lot of freedom. And a lot of exploring. And a lot of the world you're going to miss. If you let a little thing like caves hold you back. Me wraps the door frame twice. I believe in you, Captain. And I'm always at your side. Whether you know it or not. And shuts the door behind. Jesse stands up and walks over to the windows. Finishes his drink. That was phenomenal. I was so excited that you went where I thought you were going to go. And I was like, I have the perfect thing to say here. Good choice of music. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. So that whole thing that you explained about the whole hiding pockets thing, that I think is Jesse helping you. This whole conversation was Wayland helping Jesse. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. That was awesome. Oh, fuck. So good. Shit. Evan, that was awesome. That was so good. Hey, it takes two to tango. Well done. So give yourself three extra dice. Both of these. And again, you can spend hero points to give yourself one bonus die. I'm going to keep the three that I have. <laughs> That's fair. All right. You doing shaky time? Roll them bones. Mm. I got four raises and nothing left. Okay. I got a seven and eight, eight and seven, eight and two, and a nine and one. Got a little scully boy. No fucking remainders for me, damn it. Sorry. It's okay. No extra hero points for me neither. Evan, I'm sorry. Hmm? I have a remainder. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm trying to do the math in any other way, and it's just not working for me. But I do have one, two, three, four raises. And now you have an extra hero point. I do. Say goodbye to Gregory. We'll see you later. Bugwag. All right, gentlemen. You guys are in the tree. You see that the armed buccaneers are harrying the archaeologists into one tent. And you watch one of them come out with rope, go in the tent, and then come back out without the rope. So you can assume that they have been tied up inside the tent. There are two guards stationed outside at the front of the tent and two guards stationed at the back of the tent, while the other two are patrolling around the actual entrance to the sunken ruins. And we can see the camera is looking at the archway and it is this ancient old thing of stone and moss and mangroves and vines. And you can see the fairy fire flickering, flickering, flickering as they go deeper, deeper. There is a man as close to the tree as he possibly can, clutching what appears to be a bunch of extra journals and papers and a leather messenger bag next to him, breathing pretty heavily because he is hiding from the patrolling guards. That's the scene. Okay, well, this this is a time. Yeah. We've got our friend down below. I think it's probably not a bad idea to have a chat with him. 
one as much as we can about what the fuck this place is. As long as he doesn't give our position away, sure. Well, giving that position away gives him away, and I don't think he wants that. So that's a risk I'm willing to take. And I've got a bit of an idea to maybe... Kieran's not going to like it, but Kieran doesn't have to know. I'll turn my back. Although I won't like it. Just so you know. Right. No, I'm not going to hurt any of them. Just scare them. All right. You have a better idea. Uh, well, we could go down there and ask them nicely to let the hostages go and for them to give back the lantern you paid for. Wayland is just dead-faced and just raises one eyebrow at Jesse. Right. So, to our friend? To our friend, Flankham. Should we shut the fuck up real quick? Yeah, and they slip on down. Cool. Are you spending a raise to talk to the Seventh Scholar and also cause a ruckus of Makara to come stampeding through? Ah, I do that one raise up. Great. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the dramatic sequence. You can spend a raise to establish shit. <laughs> we'll slide down and we'll talk to this individual. And then I'm trying to figure out the best way to get the Makara coming in this direction. You don't have to describe it to me. Just tell me that you want the Makara to stampede. Okay. <laughs> and yes, I would like the Makara to stampede right through, missing the tent full of innocent individuals. Sure. So the camera pans away from you guys in the tree to this scholar hiding behind his own tree. We're looking at him from his face and he's leaning around and the camera leans around with him and we see one of the guards walking by. The camera shifts with him as he peers around the tree. We get to see the left side of his face as he looks around and as he comes back to the center of the tree, Jesse and Wayland are just like standing there with their fingers over their mouths. The scholar sucks in a breath to scream. Wayland, you cover his mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shh. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hmm? We're friends. No, we them. If we were with them, you would know. Mm-hmm. Good. You're not going to scream. Mm-mm. We're going to have a nice civil conversation. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to make sure you're out of here safely. Okay? Mm-hmm. Good. This is Wayland. Oh, yes. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. I'm Jesse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. You can do the counting thing. Wait for three. On the count of three, I'm going to move my hand. One, two, three. Hi. Hi. Hello there. Who are you? My name is Elliot. Elliot. Hi, Elliot. He has big, giant spectacles, and they magnify his eyes just slightly. And he uses his middle finger and pushes them up under the bridge of his nose and adjusts his leather bag and all the papers that he has. It's very nice to meet both of you who just appeared out of nowhere, and I'm really glad that you're not with them. But uh, what do you um, what do you want with me? Oh, I love him. We are trying to get in there. Those people took something from us. Oh, oh, you're trying to get in the ruins. Oh, oh, uh, well, um, I have, I, I, uh... Breathe, Elliot, breathe. He takes a couple of deep breaths. Good. Oh, was it the, the, that cool lantern thing? Because that's pretty... Yeah, yep, that's actually mine. He paid for it, <clears throat> and then they stole it. Right. They seem like right unsavory types. Absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. So... We are going to try and get it back from them, seeing as it is my rightful property, as I, and he just kind of holds up his empty coin purse, just paid for it. And we are going to attempt to prevent them from doing any uh, harm to this rare historical site. His eyes light up. Exactly, exactly. That's like the whole reason I'm here. I'm here to study the stones and I'm here to study all the writings and I'm here to study... 
Jesse looks to Wayland and smiles and nods very gently. It's like a you, you silly bastard. Elliot, yeah, be with me. Uh huh. We are in the moment. Okay. We are right here. Yep. You are with us. Sorry, I, I get excited. As that's happening, the guy is coming closer. Jesse's got his hand over his mouth. We hear the footsteps, and we hear. You find anything? No. Nothing over here either. And he starts to walk away. Elliot calms down. He removes hand from his mouth. So you guys want to get in, right? I take me with you. What? Take you with us. Take me with you. You're not going to be able to read what's on the writing. And he actually tries to pull out one of his notebooks, and one of them falls on the ground. We try to scramble. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. You can come with us. You just have to be very quiet. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'll be I'll sit quiet as a mouse. I promise. Yep. In church. Yep. Okay. Promise. Yep. Hmm? My stone. You mean the church mouse? That one. Yep. <laughs> Jesse looks over to Wayland. Do, do mice attend church? Is that a thing? It's a particular type of mouse. It's less a mouse that goes to church. It's more the fact that most churches have mice and they're very quiet because they don't want to get stamped on. Oh. Oh. Sorry. Wayland, because you're using notice, you catch a horn of one of the Makara in the distance. Just And the camera is turned to the side and it's focusing on... So Jesse's on the right side, Elliot's on the left. They're looking at each other, but like just over the shoulder, you see Wayland's hat just like coming, bobbing in and out of bushes. The hat gets caught on a bush. You see a hand pop up on the bush and grabs the hat and it disappears under the brush. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And then you hear some Makara noises in the background, and then you see a baby Makara get lifted up above the bushes and then rushed through. And then you hear a, fuck. And then you take the baby Makara, you put it on the ground. Pat it on the head. On a little muddy hill, and you push it. And then the camera focuses on that, and we see this little baby Makara slide in front of the camera. Slip and slide Makara. <laughs> and we see the guards all look at the baby Mikara, and then the baby Mikara goes, and then we hear in the bushes, they all look at each other, and then all of a sudden, just Makara stampeding through. The guards are like, oh, God, shit. They get run over, and the tent stakes go flying, and the, it falls on the people, and they get trampled, and there are no more guards. They are all either trampled, or their guns are gone, or they're disoriented. The camera comes back between Jesse and Elliot, looking at everything, and then they look back at each other. Um, I think we're in the clear. That's, I would agree. So, that worked. They use above. I told you I wasn't going to hurt them. Yeah, all right. Elliot, what's, um, what are your intentions in this place? Uh, me? Mm. I'm here to decipher this. And he finally opens that notebook that he's been reaching for. And you see a bunch of just gibberish symbols, numbers. Who the fuck knows what it is? This is serious stuff. And it's in there. And I'm going to decipher it. I've been, I've been studying it. I, I'm, a li- I'm a linguist. I've been studying this my whole life. It's serious? Yes, yes. Uh, tell me, uh, are, are you only interested in serious? Yes, that's my life. Okay. That's my entire existence. I've been here for 23 years on this earth, and I've done nothing but study fun, interesting things. Right. What if I told you that there was some potential crossover between the Sirenith and the Glamour Isle artifacts, magics, things that are happening in there as well? His eyes start to light up again. Jesse kicks Willard's leg a little bit. Okay. I'm just trying to... Sorry, coming with us. It's fine. 
Listen, listen, Elliot. We need to get in there before they do. Then we need to move because there's there are traps in there that they're going to set off, and it could make it really difficult for us to get in there if the trap. Oh, is set Jesse off. takes the book, puts it into his bag, shoves the bag into his chest, and grabs his arm and starts pulling him towards the tent. Whoa, walk whoa. and talk. Okay, okay, yeah. Walk and talk. Walk and talk. Right, right, right. Any guns that have been left astray on the ground are probably wet and soaked, and they're just unusable. I am going to establish something fun and interesting. All the Makara are leading away and all of the guards are like, oh, okay, well, that was a time. The tent is obviously moving because the people underneath it are doing stuff. They come out with pickaxes and shovels. And since the guys don't have any guns anymore, they just come over and hitting them with the stuff. So as you guys are weaving away, you're like, okay, well, this, this is great. Uh, yeah, okay. You have a good time. Run. Oh, that is not how you use a shovel. Oh, oh, that looks like it hurt. Oh, man, I do. you're going to need a doctor for that. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. And you guys head into the ruins. I am so sorry to do this to you a second time. There's a lot to get through. I couldn't jam it all into this episode. I apologize. In the meantime... Some of you have asked us some questions on our Discord, which we are very grateful for, and we have answered them. Some of them. A good majority of them. <laughs> so feel free to join us in the writer's room while we answer your questions. If not, we'll see you next time to continue the delve down into the ruins in Article 14, The Heart of Makaro. We'll see you soon. And as always, be safe and well, friend.